Hello and welcome to the Studio 7 podcast with your hosts, Joshi Lee and Luciano Donato. Okay, another week, another film. Mm-hmm. Seems we're doing a lot of these reviews lately. Yeah, it's fun uh, though. It is, yeah. I'm enjoying it. It's a nice mm-hmm. uh, change of pace. Mm-hmm. Um, don't worry though for anybody who's longing for another industry episode. Uh, it will be coming soon yeah and it will be about uh korean and asian cinema so mm-hmm. you know get ready for that one yeah and again uh thanks to everyone that voted on instagram yeah um for these we will be putting up a little mini poll against two films uh last week for this one it was invisible man versus dark, dark Water. waters yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, Invisible Man won. Yeah. <laughs> so. It was 60-40, so it's quite close. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see why people probably went for Invisible Man. Mm. I'm glad they did, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I had good fun watching it. So, are we ready to jump straight in? Mm-hmm. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Studio 7 podcast. I think this is number seven mm-hmm. for anyone who's counting. Uh, this one is a review of The Invisible Man. Directed by Leigh Wanor and starring Elizabeth Moss. Mm-hmm. It was brilliant. Yeah. So it just came out today. Uh, this is Universal's reimagining. I'd say reimagining. Yeah. It's not quite a reboot. No, no, no. 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 It's a reimagining of their Invisible Man mm. IP character, um, which they used to uh, feature in a lot of films back in like the 50s and 60s uh, there was like a whole sub section of universal mm-hmm. uh, horror films you know they had like the mummy and frankenstein yeah um, the werewolf fan mm-hmm. um, and then obviously the invisible man as well as others um, <coughs> a bit of background they did try to restart their monster movie franchises a few years ago with the mummy reboot with tom cruise what was it called? The Dark Universe? The Dark Universe, yeah. yeah. It even came up on the title card before the film. <laughs> Talk about putting your, your first bit forward, right? Gosh. I mean, fair play. I mean, you know, you, uh, you know, start as you mean to go forward, but... Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's fair to say that that didn't happen uh, exactly as they were obviously planning. Um, no. It would have been cool to see. I mean, especially in the world now with franchises, I think it was a smart move. I just feel like they may have rushed it just yeah. a little bit too much. Yeah, this is the Tom Cruise mummy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm really liking the way that uh, they've taken this one. Mm-hmm. It's a, a much more realistic, modern take. Instead of trying to, basically, with the mummy, it felt more like a rehash but just trying to add as much action as possible to make it modern. Mm. Where instead this one actually took the monster mm-hmm. and made it modern. Yeah. And twisted the whole idea of how the monster came about. And, you yeah. Know. This is why it's actually really clever that after following the mess of the Dark Universe and that not going the way they wanted, they sort of uh, swept the board clean and then left it a few years, and Mm. then suddenly this popped up. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't even know it was in production. I'm guessing Lei Wano went to them with an idea rather than they went to him. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you watch the film, you'll probably get what we mean by that, as in it's very high... I mean, it's high concept already in that it's about an invisible man, but Mm -hmm. it's another level as well on top of that, which will 
sort of realise when you watch the film. Um, Should we just make this a spoiler? It's going to be. They all end up being a spoiler, yeah. <laughs> don't they? Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, so what we're trying to say is... Uh, yes, it's about an invisible man. Uh-huh. But it is wrapped in the story of a domestic violence case. Yes. And probably one of the best domestic violence films that I've probably seen. Yes. Definitely up there. Yeah. Um you really feel for her. You uh can they do they uh make a great job of uh showing you what she's going through from different perspectives through different characters. Yeah. So you can kind of they they uh kind of make you question whether it's her trauma that's making her think these things or yeah. if there is an actual invisible man coming after her yeah um obviously due to the title they had to go with the invisible man side but that's the cool thing you just picked up on something there because if they wanted to they could have not so basically what happens in in the film is um you start the film and you actually don't see their relationship um how it usually is so you have no idea you could tell that obviously she's afraid of this guy, which mm-hmm. you shouldn't be because they're in a relationship together yeah. and she's trying to leave. And anyway, she she leaves in the middle of the night and she goes to stay with some friends and um, basically vows to stay away from him, turn her life around and never be in that controlling situation ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh, weird stuff starts happening. She starts getting visits mm-hmm. and um, things sent to her that only her ex would have, that she just got away from, would have mm-hmm. known. Yeah. Um, and then things start to become more apparent he's obviously a, a, a tech designer engineer mm. and um he's working <coughs> yeah, on said, optics yeah optics specialist yeah. yeah and you don't quite know exactly what that means but obviously you know with the title you can guess yeah um and anyway throughout the film it becomes apparent that he's not uh, missing or dead as she thought he's still very mm-hmm. much alive and mm-hmm. he's tracking her down and he still wants to be in her life and mm-hmm. wants to control her life yeah. and like you just said they could have not actually revealed any sort of suit. No. You know, they could have actually made this into a more obscure film where you don't even you yeah, leave I the th- end of the film not knowing if she was going crazy, yeah. if she was in an abusive relationship, or if there was something more at play here. Yeah. I almost feel like Lee Wannell may have went to um, uh, Universal and, and kind of said, hey, I want to do this film on domestic violence where mm. she escapes and she believes that this guy is following her and that he's invisible. Yeah, I want to call it the invisible man. Do you reckon we could do that? And then they were like, yeah, but we want to see an invisible man. Like, we mm. want him to be there. And I think that's where that bit came out. If that is how it happened, he's managed to merge both those ideas very well. Almost perfectly. Um, but yeah. something else that kind of leads me to that is how the film begins. Mm-hmm. You don't actually see how they are together mm. uh, pre-breakup mm-hmm. or pre-escape. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so you are completely open. Uh, you're, you're literally just left to hearing things from her side. You never yeah. hear things from his side. Yeah. But obviously people, when it comes to these domestic cases, people want to know both sides. Yeah. But you're only hearing one. And this one sounds very crazy. Yeah. So you're then chuck these curveballs of like is she just making this up because mm. no or one is else she is exaggerating yeah. you know is she making it out worse than it <clears throat> is you know because yeah. because this is the thing actually watching the start of the film it's really funny actually because uh she's lying in bed in this big like king-size bed in this beautiful um seafront 
uh, mm-hmm. apartment that must be like a million 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 pound house mm-hmm. um and you're thinking well she hasn't got it that bad no. you know and you never actually see why yeah well that's what um or what was so bad to cause her to leave you just take it on her her mm-hmm. word for it um and elizabeth elizabeth moffs is a great actress actually in portraying that mm-hmm. um she's very understated in her acting yeah so it does come across that way as yeah. in yeah cuz cuz obviously it's a it's a traumatic thing so she's going to be exaggerating everything in her head anyway it's like when you watch a scary film mm. and then a, lo- a noise goes off in your house like a dripping in the pipe in the wall or something and you're yeah. like what was that it's something mm. on the wall but it's no you've just blocked that out mm. so much that you didn't know it existed until mm. your senses were heightened mm. so it kind of leads itself to that and because no one's around and obviously it's a film they're trying to show you what she's seeing from her point of view yeah um i thought that was really there was that was really clever and then something else which kind of hints to um the uh what you were just saying then about her being in this beautiful big house mm. was the brother saying during uh when he was trying to get her to sign over the <clears throat> sign back the will yeah um is he was there saying loads of women have you know come and tried to get yeah. his money basically yeah so she he was basically saying like mm. don't there's no point in bullshit anymore which like, was just come and get the yeah. money which is really good actually because now thinking about it that was probably uh Lay Wano's, um way of addressing that issue in the d- domestic um, abuse area because that mm-hmm. is one of the things that people come up with is like um, <clears throat> so when a woman accuses a man if that man's successful or rich they'd be like oh well you're just saying that because you want to get something off him don't you or mm-hmm. um, you're only with him in the first place because you were trying to use him for this and that mm-hmm. and so Lei Wano actually knows that that's one of the things that people bring up when people try and talk out about domestic abuse so mm-hmm. he said alright let's bring that into the fold as well yeah it was a very well-rounded, well-balanced film. Mm-hmm. Um, the horror elements, you could actually say, are um, although they run throughout the whole thing, aren't actually the main focus of the the film. No. I do think he's genuinely gone in there to make a film about um, domestic abuse and domestic violence and what it's like mm-hmm. living with the, a the narcissist yeah. who controls you and the trauma that it yeah, it, yeah it, the PTSD it, the PTSD yeah, yeah the effects it, it leaves on the um, victim mm-hmm. so huge shout out for that and like you were saying it's similar um, to the Joker in the sense that they've mm-hmm. used um, he's taken an IP an important property of uh, Universal, which mm-hmm. has been a staple over the past century, mm-hmm. just like um, these uh, Warner Bros did with and Todd Phillips and Todd Phillips did with yeah. Joker, and then used these characters in their worlds to um, really send a message or yeah. to raise an issue or yeah. to get us to discuss. Yeah, use them as capsules to Precisely. tell a bigger story. Yeah. yeah, but it gets it out to a bigger audience. Yeah, through so the guise of entertainment. Yeah, like mm. if the, if this film was called something like PTSD or post traumatic or uh, domestic, boyfriend. yeah, <laughs> domestic violence. Yeah, not even quarter of the people would go and see it, but because no. it's got such a big title attached to it as the Invisible Man, mm-hmm. yeah, people are going to go watch it because yeah. it's a title that clicks in your head. It may not have the biggest following, yeah. but it's definitely going to ring some alarm bells to go. Oh, I recognise that title. I'm going to go and watch what they've done to that. Yeah, I think another thing it will do that's good is if there's any guys <clears throat> out there with uh, toxic masculinity traits um i think this film will open their eyes to them mm-hmm. about um how their actions uh, can affect other people mm-hmm. um yeah it's really interesting how yeah. we managed to um uh, and i think this is the other good thing that so the twist with this one is 
he can go invisible not through any sort of science experiment or any superpower or anything like that it's no. just a suit that he's made yeah. which it seems very realistic and looks very real world mm-hmm. practical like if you were going to make an invisible suit that is realistic what it would, would be like 100 percent. yeah i mean obviously you'll probably if you haven't watched the film already you probably should watch it before yeah. listening to this uh so we're just gonna keep talking as if you have seen it but obviously yeah. the suit is co- covered in i'm guessing they made it wanted it horror like to look like eyeballs yeah because that did make me, my skin crawl just yeah. a little bit but obviously it's meant to be like lots of different cameras mm. slash projectors so i'm mm-hmm. guessing it is literally like it records and then projects mm-hmm. or something like that that's what it feels like. Yeah, it's simultaneously recording and projecting. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good that they didn't go into the science of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, and a lot of the film left it up to your imagination. Um, yes. Which is something that I will applaud uh, Lee Wan or for. Yeah. Because there's way too much ex- exposition in films. Yes. Um, and it's nice to just leave it to the audience and to mm-hmm. let us figure some things out. But there like, was enough that it there was a foundation for you to build on yeah. as an audience because yeah. it can be just as bad the other way around when they don't give you anything and then you'll you'll sat there trying to work it out instead of watching the film mm-hmm. like that frustrates me a lot when yeah. but anyway sorry carry on yeah <clears throat> um yeah no it's yeah great the, film all around yeah. i think the uh, visuals as well uh blew me away uh-huh. how you would flick between the perspective of the invisible man and to the perspective mm-hmm. of someone possibly watching the invisible man mm-hmm. which is weird to say because he's invisible mm-hmm. but you'd be there's these long kind of swooping tracking shots which normally occur when you're tracking someone down hallways or halls mm-hmm. or paths or something but the camera would just be tracking to nothing but would feel like someone is mm. there and you'd almost feel like you're watching someone yeah. as well yeah I, in those shots and scenes i found myself like literally scaring every yeah. part of the frame like yeah. okay what's happening there's got to yeah. be something and it, and it would like because obviously a, a lot of the time with cinematography is um when done right is there's always a momentum which moves the camera so say if you know some would go to grab a cup on the table that's when the camera would pan with the arm yeah. or if someone like when you're blocking a scene if you need to go and show something on the other side of the room, you would have one of your characters stand up, move, and the camera would pan with that person to yeah. go and find that thing on the shelf or whatever you're trying to show. Yeah. But you found yourself in this, she would turn around to go somewhere or pick something up, and then the camera would start the momentum and mm-hmm. then wouldn't stop as if it was panning to mm-hmm. someone or something, but it was mm-hmm. never there. So you're there literally like scouring mm-hmm. all over the thing, like, where's yeah. the footprint? Where's the breath? Where's the yeah. moving cloth? Where's the pillow that's yeah. like uh, depressing you? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it kind of made you feel anxious with her. Yeah, and and I hope that when they were doing it, they did have someone in those scenes um, standing in, and mm-hmm. you know, as, so they played out the whole scenes as if you know. I think they he did. Was there? And then yeah. what could be cool as well is I'm pretty sure that not all of those scenes there even was um, an invisible man. Mm. So like he was like. Yeah, some of the scenes in the script, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so they yeah, probably yeah. wrote it where in some of those scenes there she, isn't actually anyone there. Isn't actually That's anyone just there. her exactly imagining that someone's watching her because yeah. there were a few times where she was like typing like to know when someone's watching you and all this kind of stuff and you're mm-hmm. there like okay how did she just she obviously just feels that way mm. because obviously she's escaped this person she's been on 24 7 watch mm-hmm. for however many years mm. and she's now you know still imagining that she's being watched anything that she does anywhere she goes she's mm. being monitored so she obviously feels that same way so yeah i, f- I do feel like the first few times because I, I don't know if you noticed, there's like a little sound effect of the the cameras. Cool. Uh, yeah. Like repositioning. You know? Yeah. And 
uh, a lot of the times, even at the beginning, there was that little like <laughs> kind of sound that would like come in and like mm. creak and stuff. I feel like if we went back through and watched again, we would know if he was there, there or, or not, not. Yeah. because there would be this little sly sound effect. Mm-hmm. And going into that, the sound design of this film was ridiculous. Insane. Yeah. The score was great. It wasn't anything, uh, anything uh, unique or completely mm. different. But it was the way that it was mani- uh, used. used and manipulated mm. the scenes, mm. especially in the beginning. Like there were these long sweeping panning shots as she's getting dressed to escape. And then you just hear this big like, Whoa. and all mm. of a sudden you're there like there's nothing, no sound at all apart from her footsteps. Mm. And then all of a sudden this sound effect comes out of everywhere. And you're you're, on like, edge. you're yeah. like on the edge of your seat like, oh my God, is he going to come out the room? Is he going to come out the room? And then she mm. keeps looking at the phone. No, he's still asleep. And you're like, mm. oh my God, Boom. oh my God, is he coming out? Is he coming out? Yeah. And it's constantly like putting you on edge yeah. right up until she gets into the car he he really is a master of um suspense Mm -hmm. and um building the atmosphere in this film Mm -hmm. and it really does pay off and so his uh, the director is lay wano who you might recognize if you're into film or the saw series at least he wrote the original with james wan and then they went on to to write and uh, collaborate on insidious Mm -hmm. Uh, he lay wano directed the third one as well as writing the first three i think yeah. uh then he did 2018's upgrade which was a cool sci-fi thriller sort of like and he uses some of the techniques in this as well yeah very cleverly yeah no it, it doesn't feel like obviously upgrade <clears throat> it was very specific to that type of movie mm-hmm. um but yeah the way he used it here was is very smooth and uh in some of the action mm. actiony scenes yeah that happen and um yeah, so what's what's interesting is that um, now he's sort of making a name for himself as his own, you know, uh, director. And he's really shown what he's learned and picked up through collaborating with all these other great filmmakers over the years. And he's been on sets as a writer, as an actor. You also know, as uh, an actor, yeah. Yeah, um, and as a producer. So he's obviously taken all this and now he's finally getting to give back and he's doing it in a an awesome way. And I'm really glad we're getting to see yeah. this other side to him. And I'm now really excited to see what else he can do as well yeah well i just looked on imdb and apparently he's got escape from new york okay uh remake reboot coming up so is that another universal uh it would be yeah was that like a two-picture deal or something could be very well could be yeah Uh, well he's obviously proved himself now Mm -hmm. um so like yeah just going back to invisible man one of the other things um i think that shows his skill set as a writer and director is although um, you know the films about domestic violence about um, mm-hmm. abuse and control and stuff like that and usually it is in most cases most cases uh, from the men's side directed at the woman in the relationship and um, obviously to do that you've got to show you know the men in a, in a bad light mm-hmm. but what he does is he balances it out by having this cop character who mm-hmm. um, Elizabeth Moss goes to stay with after yeah. she escapes her ex yeah. the controlling ex and this guy is a policeman and he's got a daughter and he takes her in and he watches over and you can see that not everybody um around her or um all the male figures. all the male figures around her aren't sort of this way inclined it is a, you know something it was a nice balance of it was a nice way to say look this is an issue mm. but i'm not saying that this is everyone's issue no yeah uh but it is something that needs to be brought to light mm. and it was really nice to show the scene the uh that they would have with um, uh, James, the cop guy, and his daughter, Sydney. 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it was nice when they had the little the little moment where it was almost like they were their own little family. Yeah. It was the, uh, a nice uh, change for to see in the character, um, but also to show like you just had the wrong hand in this game of poker you yeah. went off and you found this guy who you thought was mr right mm. but actually you could have went off with this guy mm-hmm. or someone similar to this guy mm. and then this would have been your life yeah and how when she's in these moments like there's no sign of trauma at all she's almost like herself she's play fighting she's messing yeah. about she's joking mm. and you kind of like sit back and you're like oh that that was really sweet and mm. i even found myself like uh like choking up at one point when mm. you know she's offering to pay for her tuition all yeah. this kind of stuff I was like, oh, that's, you know, yeah. That whole scene was really real. well done, yeah. yeah. And it showed another light to her because before that, you'd only seen her stressed and traumatised. Yeah. And then after that, you only see her stressed and traumatised. Mm-hmm. So that's a nice little break. Um, and it also goes away to showing that, um, you know, everybody you interact with every day, that n- might not always be who they are. It might just be who they are at this moment in time because what of what they they're going through see. or what they want you to see in the case of her mm-hmm. controlling yeah. uh, ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a v- surprising. Um, well, I know. I, I I saw the trailer and um, what I heard about it, and it looked good. And mm-hmm. I was expecting good things, but yeah. I was yeah also pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. All right, wrap it up there. Put a yeah. little rate into it. Yeah. So I've got um, a figure in my head. It hasn't changed actually since I left the cinema, um, and I think it's. I think it's a fair... What's yours? Should we write it down and then do that? <laughs> <laughs> nah. Um, 7 out of 10 for me. I think a solid okay. 7. Yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna, I was fluctuating between 7.5 and 8. Mm. Um, I feel like if it went more down the... Uh, obviously they can't because it's a, it's a property so they had to show the Invisible Man but I feel mm. like if they'd done it more about her PTSD and hinting that it's just the trauma that's making her think these things mm-hmm. for me that would have been like top of my list well, you mm. know probably uh, arguably one of the best films mm. of this year so far mm. um but obviously they can't do that because it's a property and equally even using that property and using uh the technology side of it it was still brilliant so yeah, i'd yeah. say i'd say 7.5 for yeah. me yeah um yeah the only uh, exactly the only reason that's sort of holding it back for me a little bit is the points you raised there as in it got to a point in the film where I realized this would have been even better if they, it wasn't actually about an invisible man. If mm-hmm. it was just about the effect that um, someone's narcissistic abuse can have on a, a victim mm-hmm. and then it can drive them to having psychosis or split personality where they start seeing uh, this enemy everywhere. Yeah. You know, if it had been that film, like easily eight, or even doing the things eight, nine out of to 10. blame it on. Yeah. Cause there were a few times where they played with that, where he would hit someone or do something even worse mm. um and then it'll be blamed on her mm. where obviously with the audience you're always seeing it from your uh protagonist's perspective uh, the hero's perspective yes yeah. this is the other thing i realized about this invisible man sort of um property is that the reason we haven't had them so frequently like we have other films like vampire and mm-hmm. dracula is there's only so much you can do with the invisible man like only so many tricks like you know um the breath in the in the air when there's mm-hmm. no one there or the condensation on the glass or something moving that shouldn't move 
or footprint or the paint. Yeah. But once you've done those tropes, it's a one-hit wonder. It's like a one-hit thing. So they're gonna have to wait like another ten years before they could do something like this again. Yeah. You know. Whereas if they'd actually got rid of the Invisible Man mm-hmm. aspect, they could have probably done a. a, a a sequel much quicker and they'd have more scope mm-hmm. and what they can do with it yeah um so like the last invisible man film i can remember is hollow man the one with kevin bacon mm-hmm. which is like early 2000s yeah and in that it was a sign science experiment and you could tell they really wanted to do it because they had like it, um they went crazy with the cgi of him <laughs> yeah. going invisible you know like yeah. it was his skin and then like his muscles and then his bones and then the blood and then everything you know and mm-hmm. you could tell they just got the technology to do it and they're like yeah let's do an yeah. invisible man film but um yeah uh, that one's more b-movie i'd say in more action more slasher elements um but what i do did notice in this is towards the end when it got to the third act and the invisible man was starting to take people out it did start to feel like hollow man for me especially mm-hmm. the way he was doing it. And yeah. that just held it back a little bit to me. Again, I do feel like that was a studio thing. It's got to be. Yeah. It's got to be. Because the way it set out originally, you could see what way it was going. And then you could also see like, yeah, but you're the writer and di- forget about all the horror films. You're the mm. writer and di- successful, successful director of un- Upgrade. Mm. We want to see some of that bolt arm action. Mm. We want to see some of this you know action scenes oh, okay i guess i could put that in there mm. you know and then you know added it in in the in the hospital breakout scene mm. um that does i think you've hit the nail on the head there because that scene also, did could... feel a bit inspired uninspired not just yeah. the idea Still of well it, done though but yeah but yeah that was the best part of it was his um mm. use of the camera and the staging mm-hmm. um but yeah yeah no, i think yeah so what did you say 7.5 yeah, I, I'll stick with seven, I think, for now. Um, a great film, but I feel like you wouldn't rush to watch it again anytime soon. No, but I do suggest that people go watch it in the cinema mm. because with the sound effects and the score, you really want it to hit your core. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that was something that, you know, kept me moving forward in the edge of my uh, to the edge of my seat. Mm. Um, I don't think it would have the exact same effect at home. No. Um, I think maybe watching it at home on your own, on D- on Blu-ray one day, that might be pretty yeah. cool. Um, but yeah, I think if yeah. you can go and catch it in the cinema, it's a good one to watch. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, so that is The Invisible Man. Um, 7 out of 10 from me. 7.5 from me. From Joshi. Um, so if you split the difference, that's 7.25. <laughs> <laughs> But I, yeah, but I think the summary is it's a very enjoyable, um, eerie, uh, atmospheric, mm-hmm. um, Saturday night thriller, thriller film. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. Um, well worth watching. Hundred uh, percent. Elizabeth Moss uh, gives a great performance. Um, very understated and real world, and feels like a girl next door, which makes you buy into a story that much more. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's the Invisible Man, Studio Seven podcast review. Yeah, remember to again check us out on Instagram at studio7.co.uk, our website. Everything's everywhere. Uh, obviously, this podcast is streaming over all major plat- uh, all major platforms. Also, so subscribe, follow, uh, you know, hit that notification as yeah. well, so you know when we're up uploading. We're uploading sometimes every week uh, <laughs> but we're trying to hit every two weeks yeah uh, and obviously if a review like this pops up with a new release we'll try and hit it on the day as well yeah so yeah 
So the schedule should be, um, we should be back to normal next week with our Korean cinema episode. Mm -hmm. And yeah, going forward, it, it'll be a scheduled episode the first and third week of every month. And then possibly review in between. Mm -hmm. um, it is subject to change. So bear <laughs> with us. But um, that's why you got to hit that no notification. Yeah, that's why you got to hit the notification. That's why hit you got to subscribe. Yeah. yeah. And, and don't forget to um, uh, comment as well, you know. Um, yeah. Start up a conversation. Yeah, you know that's what's so cool about films is you watch them and you talk to people about them. You know, we mm -hmm. don't want to just like be um, preaching here. Mm -hmm. We want to be interacting. So, yeah. if you manage to watch The Invisible Man, let us know what you thought, mm -hmm. um, and leave some suggestions on what we should um, review next. Yeah, we'll put that up in a poll. Yep. And yeah, in the meantime, just keep following us. Very cool. All right. See you soon, guys. See you next time. Bye. -bye.